0: Hello, 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 one and all. How are you, savages? It's Jeff Leach here, Papa Jeff, your best friend, your orator, your, your teacher, your diligent student. Uh, A guy just presenting some ideas to you That maybe you go, oh yeah, yeah, that's a good point yeah. I never really looked at it that way Or maybe just a lovable twat in a shirt that has no sleeves I'm all of the above Thank you very much for joining me for another episode I think we're on episode 109 now Of the Savage Snowflake podcast Kicking it off, and the support since this coronavirus I mean, I'm not going to lie to you A lot of people are having a bad time right now with corona And I'm very sorry for all the, the myriad of deaths And illnesses and loved ones Currently in a perilous situation But for me the patronage support has been exceptional. So I've got to say thank you for that. Thanks for making something very miserable and something quite happy. In fact, I'm going to kick off by just saying a very quick thank you to all of these wonderful new patrons. Darth Playdar, Anna Sadler, Melanie Spatola, Savannah Marie, Anna Fatlowitz, Alexandra Walters, Matt Aronson, Decodic, Lady JD, Damone Motton, Patrick Douglas, Miller Gendrath, Captain Cleanup, Peter Jagger, Chad Lawrence, Sigaro, Margerson, Mertel, Cassie Hartwig, And of course, Seth Thompson, geez louise, and big shout out especially to Dan Lloyd and Siggy Riggy, the $50 patrons a month. I appreciate you very much indeed. Good to have you guys on board. Thank you very much as well to our sponsor, CBDper, continuing to support the podcast even in this time of need. Uh, If you haven't yet tried CBD products, give them a go. Very relaxing. We'll help you out with your anxiety, might make you feel good, or might just make you feel a little bit more chill in this time of, uh, I guess untold pressure and stress and anxiety um, check them out cbdeeper.com they have got a whole load of different products over there including these wonderful vape cartridges now i know what you're wondering oh, are they safe i heard some things about vapes every single one of their vape cartridges is lab tested a can of safe to prove there is no vitamin e no harmful metals no heavy pesticide heavy metals or harmful pesticides in any of their products and on top of that if you use code savage at checkout that's savage s-a-v-a-g-e you'll get 10% off every single single order check them out cbdeeper.com is the website you want to check out and support our supporters so we get supported by them that's how it works yeah it's a lovely little round circle of loving now joining me today on the podcast is uh, a gentleman whose face you might not instantaneously recognize he's uh, he's a comedy writer uh, a comedian from the UK but on top of that he's also responsible for a face that you probably will recognize from social media the account on Twitter called Titania McGrath, who is a uh, uh, well how I always saw her, which I think is what she 's intended to be a satirical parody of the over wokeness of the liberal left and uh, virtue signaling of celebrities in our modern age. Uh, he's the man behind that. Welcome. Lovely to have you here. How are you, Andrew Doyle? I'm all right.
1: I'm all right, Jeff. How are you?
0: I'm very well, man. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to have you on because I've been enjoying. Uh, I think this it's, it's very strange. Just in myself, I've had so much support over the coronavirus period so far. Yeah. I feel like your character, Titania, has become so much more important over the last few months to everyone's but, need to laugh at the lunacy that's going on in the world
1: yeah the trouble with the coronavirus epidemic is that you know she can only really make comments about that at the moment people aren't really interested in much else so it's uh so i'm not tweeting as frequently at the moment uh just because i don't want to overkill you know
0: now i should say Titania mcgrath is not the only character that you uh, even though she is you behind, the, you know, you are behind the scenes of Titani. You're the puppet master there. You've also um, uh, written for Jonathan Pye as well, who, uh, if anyone has seen his hilarious videos outside the Houses of Parliament in the UK, picking apart our political system and, and damning it in a, a kind of brass-eye-esque fashion, um, I feel like, or the day-to-day. He, so he reminds me very much of Chris Morris-style style, style humour, and you've been listening I mean, um... a lot of his work as well.
1: Yeah, I, I wrote. I co-wrote that with with Tom, who plays the character, for three years. Uh, so that was from God. When did that start? That was uh, December two thousand fifteen till January two thousand January last year. Right. So three years. Three years on that, uh, and then I, I sort of uh, focused on Titania, because that's only been what, two years, something right, like that, right, or right. less. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, she's um, reasonably new uh, as a as a comedy concept for you uh re- relatively but, it's, but it, i imagine it's not the sort of character that can go on uh, indefinitely is it you know it's, ve- it's very much of the time uh so god knows how much longer that will keep me busy i was like moving on to other stuff though
0: i mean she could have like a, a full 180 uh roundabout yeah, change herself she could instead of becoming a trans man she could maybe become a trans conservative or something of that sort maybe no i'm thinking
1: her. she could go full conservative like a trad wife like yeah. get married <laughs> yeah. something like that that's what i'm thinking uh i, I, I don't know You can do anything with
0: that. I mean, we were just talking just before we started recording this, we were talking about the fact that um, just by association, I've I've sort of watched with interest and I I won't, I'm I'm never going to, never going to lie and say that I've, I've, dug so deep into all the interviews you've done or all the appearances on various TV shows. Yeah. Glad you haven't. <laughs> no well I, I I don't do that for two reasons. One because I got haven't got the fucking time to do that if I'm honest. Yeah. That's one thing. I'm going to be honest to do that for every guest. And two uh, also I think I don't want to have any kind of preconceived notion about who my guests are or what their process of creation is and I think that your character would be so uh, Titania certainly has been so divisive because a lot of people don't know how to laugh anymore yeah that i th- uh, we were it, talking no. about being guilty by association just by creating yeah. a character like that now people are going, well what's your real motives andrew what are you doing and you know yeah what do so you there's believe a, there's a
1: lot of that isn't there it's good not to have preconceptions about this stuff i think because we haven't i i think we've met before we have met once oh, in really? edinburgh oh bloody
0: like, hell years
1: ago you probably won't remember i mean that was many years ago it was it was in brooks bar um right. If that, if that rings any I, bells. I remember
0: Brooks Bar above the Gilded Balloon.
1: Yeah, exactly. That so was uh, the,
0: That was the good spot to be there. Who do we meet through?
1: Can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah. You, well, you know what Brooks Bar is like, you, you know, people end up there very late at night. Yeah. And, uh, and it's all a bit of a haze, but I do remember meeting you one year. I think- um, I bet I was, you hated me, Andrew. No, I don't, I don't. <laughs> it was so brief. I didn't have oh, the okay. time to develop the necessary hatred. I have been. <laughs>
0: So, you know, didn't have the time was, invested to really loathe me as everyone should exactly that's the that's the uh, the benefit of, of short sharp meetings i'm always nervous um, when i meet people who who knew me from my uh start into comedy back in the uk especially because right. i think that for every I, I i let me make a modest uh hopefully accurate guess but i'd say for every two or three people who thought i was nice and charming and funny and engaging especially if you met me at brooks bar late at night drunk back when i was drinking <laughs> there would at least for every three who liked me there would be at least one or two people who thought i was a dick
1: yeah but i've been thinking about this a lot lately. I, I mean i i'm really getting the impression that most of the antagonism between people most of the uh the, the the uh animosity we feel uh for people is is virtually always down to misunderstanding absolutely and uh you know i think i think uh uh, I, I mean i've noticed that a lot like you say the whole titani uh, mcgrath thing has been so divisive and so a lot of people have sort of decided things about me uh, that are not true right. and they just sort of decide them and then make the make their statements uh on, online and, that, and that's fine they're free to they're free to fantasize as much as they want but it's what, but it's what are weird. some of
0: the things that they're um, what are some of these assumptions they're making uh the assumption a lot of them are to do with my politics
1: so oh. i get a lot of assumptions about well, first, I, I, when, when, the, when the news broke that I was to Tony McGrath, I, there was a lot of um, anger about me being this straight white male. So there was this perception that I was heterosexual, which was an interesting one. Um, and then that I, I was a Tory, that was another one, the Conservative Party, who I've never ever voted for or supported. So all of the, there was another uh, uh, um, implication that I was uh, from a private school posh background, which I'm absolutely not. So all of these things were just assumed. and very,
0: very, you have a lovely uh, RP accent though. You do sound educated. You're educated. Uh, So I'm asking for it really. Um, And you look pretty straight. Like you look like you're craving an exceptional amount of vagina right now. Do do I come across as straight acting? That's that's quite good. Right now I can see in your eyes. I mean, you're talking to me, but there's something in your eyes that's going, God, I wish he had breasts. Oh, Vagina Craver. Okay. I, d- I didn't realise that's how I I, com- I come across. I'm that's what you that give up. yeah. Out. My gaydar is completely off.
1: Okay, another, uh, yeah. Another space <laughs> but the thing about this stuff is what what it's actually done is it made me realise how my perceptions of people have been so wrong for so long. I mean, it really has. Um, I've ended up meeting a lot of the people that I used to loathe as sort of public figures. Right. Um, and then I've ended up meeting them and discovering that those perceptions are almost always incorrect um, and almost
0: always i think based out of our own insecurities
1: sure exactly and i was doing a lot of projecting onto them and and also that that assumption that if people aren't politically exactly on side then they must have some kind of evil quality to their character yeah. as opposed to just disagreeing so um that's something that's i mean you get it a lot in america obviously you know but uh, the assumption of a particular i have to say this is a problem particularly on the left is the assumption that conservatives are, are just diabolical figures? Sure, and I mean, every even,
0: single one of them is a racist and a homophobe and a misogynist. Or that they and, you know. they want they don't
1: care about poor, but they you know they want they want to give tax breaks to the rich in order to kill off the poor, that kind of as opposed yeah. to this idea that you know if you if you give tax breaks to the rich, there'll be a trickle down effect and actually it will benefit poor people. That would be the more generous interpretation of that. But um, people naturally go for the most negative uh, characterization that they can, and there's something in human nature that does that. So I'm not surprised by it, um, but like you say, you get it. You get a. You get it a lot, particularly if, you, if you're seen talking to someone who's perceived to be unpopular. Uh, it's like being back at school, and then you become sort of tainted and stigmatized by the association of being next to or within spitting distance of of a certain individual. Or being well, you interviewed. You've got to
0: look at these. You know, the how the press does that now is just to drag up an old photo of one celebrity oh. at some kind, some kind of London fashion week event, standing next to a celebrity who ten years ago was loved by everyone but now is uh you know uh, the 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 subjects of hatred for whatever horrendous thing they've done right and they'll go look at kim kardashian hanging out with so and so at this too and uh, don't get me wrong i'm not you know uh, i'm not part of the kim kardashian fan club but i look at that and i go oh come on the girl was at a fucking she'd go to the opening kim of an envelope like
1: I've, I've spoken to famous people who get uh, famous people as you know are always asked for selfies with people mm. and i just think this is one of the reasons i'm glad i'm not in that position because you don't know who that person you're standing next to. It could be a serial killer. It could be the Beast of Jersey or something. You know, you don't right. know who... They were, and they've got their arm around you and, you know, and I see that happening quite a lot. Like, oh, you shared a platform with... You mean I had a conversation with? That's okay. You don't sort of catch their views by osmosis or something. There you go. It's a really weird development. This is a relatively new thing, I think, as well.
0: It is, but I I, I, I agree with you that I think... And look, I just... Uh, I think we should probably set the tone of... Maybe just for the listeners, where how we actually feel versus what is being projected onto us. Oh, for yes, instance, this course. podcast is is called the Savage Snowflake because I've been since I moved to America, I was incredibly left when I first arrived here. Um incredibly liberal and, and very progressive. And and I, I still consider myself a classic liberal and very progressive in my outlook on life. I'd like to see everyone treated equally, irrespective of race, gender, and sexuality. However, I also hate over political correctness and I think that's one of the killers of 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 unifying factors when people can laugh and share stories about themselves that are funny or about their you know their their, their cultural group and, the, and 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 do that in such a way as to um Stop this segregated demonization of each other, and rather just go. Oh, that is funny. Yeah, white people don't season their food very much. It's all right. I brought my own hot sauce. Or yeah, black people. I mean, maybe we'll go to the cinema, but maybe you know, you got to promise me you're not going to talk throughout the whole thing. Do you know? Like now, those things are gross racial stereotypes, but they come from a place, a, a basis that is not, I don't think, designed to hate something. You know, it's it's right. more designed to to mock. And that's growing up in East London. That's how that's how we did it you know people took the piss so I, out of so his i
1: just i assumed that you were coming from that sort of basic fundamental liberal value
0: uh i just made that assumption you know yeah.
1: it might be more interesting if you were a raging nazi or something like that but you
0: know <laughs> i think i mean i'd be a I, I'm, I'm not I, blonde I, enough for a start but i think i didn't do my
1: research there
0: um but yeah that's the and that that has to be the baseline assumption doesn't it i mean Well, but this is the thing, I used to think that way. And I don't know about yourself, if you've changed over the last few years, but I now consider myself a left-leaning moderate because a few years ago, uh, at least a year and a half, two years ago, I made the decision, as we spoke about before the podcast, appearing on other... I would appear quite regularly on on a network called Compound Media, owned by Anthony Cumia. And he's been associated with very right-wing views or very conservative. And I go on there to joke... And to make people laugh and to present ideas that are different to the ideas of the other people on the panel. Because through that conversation is how we learn to fucking understand each other and how we hopefully come out of it with a a better understanding of each other's viewpoints. Rather than just going, nah, you're a fucking right wing piece of shit and you're a fucking liberal cuck snowflake, you know. And that's why I'm the resident snowflake on there. And that's how this podcast, you know, that certainly wasn't the birth of this podcast, but that's why it's called what it is, you know.
1: Right. No, I understand. I mean, I guess there's an added complication in that liberal means something different in the UK than it does in the US, doesn't it? Right. Okay, so that, yes, yes. When, when we talk about liberal values in the UK, we're talking about things like freedom of speech, freedom of the press, individual autonomy, those orgies. kind of... Sorry? And Orgy. and or, Yeah, but that goes without saying. Um, but but it, well, yeah, more libertarian. Um, oh, yeah, but, um, really?
0: Well that'd be um, that be orgies by individual houses. Like you can't. You know, you can't have the libertarians an orgy. I don't really yeah. like orgies and white. No companies. national anyway. orgies, just uh, just yeah. individual um, individual the, postcode orgies.
1: Am I right in thinking that in America when you say liberal what you really mean is sort of left leaning or democratic? Yeah, or is, certainly le- I mean?
0: left leaning means it's almost um I think I think liberalism has become bastardized. All of these terms have become bastardized. And that's the that's the sure. worry, is now when like you say, when I used to say I'm a liberal, it just means that I oh yeah, I want to see people treated equally and fairly and I, I'm all for progressive thought. And, and now it's like, no, it means you, you fucking hate conservatives. And well, it
1: means- basically, most people, the vast majority of people, believe in equality and treating people fairly. They just have different ideas about what's best for society. That's, that's what it boils down to. So you could, you could eliminate all of this uh, mudslinging and, 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 and Twitter scrapping that goes on if people just uh, uh, assumed the best intentions of the people they were talking to. That, it would be so simple. It, it is really that simple.
0: I wonder if since you started doing the Titania McGrath character, have you had to, and, and also Jonathan Pye, actually, I mean, he's so deeply entrenched in the, the world of politics. I mean, that's literally what the character is. Yeah. Um, have you had to, were you always a big fan of the 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 dialogue of politics? Or did you have to bone up for, a, you know, one of American phrase, um, bone up on your on your politics now that you were doing this and go, I really need to know, I need to know with some kind of sure. depth the background yeah, of what no, I'm no, no, making, no. I'm mocking and satirizing, so that if I'm no, ever picked it's... apart in an interview, I can back up my thoughts.
1: Like... Oh, exactly. no! The 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 well, in fact, with Jonathan Pye, the reason I ended up writing with Tom on that is because I was so interested in politics. I already had an interest in it, um, and, and um, so that's one of the reasons why he wanted to write with me because Tom wasn't so interested in politics. So uh, actually, what you've just said more applies to him, I suppose, that he had to then. Uh, read more about it and get more interested in it over the period of time that he was doing it. Um, and I, it was already an interest for me. Uh, and then the Titania thing's more about culture, isn't it? It's more like uh, about the, 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 what what they call the culture war, whatever that is, you know? So um, it's just a different target. Um, but because the left currently is so invested in the culture war from a kind of um, uh, intolerant uh, uh, aspect, it means that Titania ends up satirising the left more than the right. Whereas Jonathan Pye was definitely um mocking the right more than the left. Um the positive side of that is I've seen it from both sides. That, that people get very angry when when you firstly people get really angry if your brand of comedy isn't to their taste, but they get even angrier if it's got a political slant. Absolutely. You know? So I've seen the kind of anger from the right and the left, uh, in kind of equal measure. Although I have to say it's generally been worse from the left. I don't know what that says. No. Uh,
0: I- it's, it's, dude, this is why, this is why I consider myself a left leaning moderate now. Cause I, yeah, I, yeah. I, become so disillusioned with what, um, what used to be, you know, overt democratic thought process has yeah. now become so bastardized. Like, you know, Antifa and th- th- those kind these well, kind of yeah, organizations.
1: So, I mean, that sort of thing's the, the real extreme, but there's a gen general from quite mainstream leftist figures, there's a general uh, viciousness about the way they speak to their political opponents, which is something that I think there's a real problem with the left because that, ins- that ensures that we keep losing. That's what that does. Yeah. So, like, I mean, if you t- when Boris Johnson was diagnosed with coronavirus last week, the level of venom from, from otherwise normal left-leaning people talking about how they hope he dies and how great and gloating about this, this thing, and you'd point to that and you think, look, people on the right can now point to that and say, with some justification, uh, you don't have the moral high ground here. Yeah. You're not the humane people and it wouldn't matter so much if they weren't the same people who talk about how compassionate and loving they are and put out the be kind hashtag when actually they're the most vicious, venomous people on online. So if you want to be persuasive and if you want that, if you're serious about wanting the left to at least have a credible opposition um, to those in power, then you need to be just uh, you need to improve your game. You know, I mean, identity politics and the woke movement has made the left in the UK virtually unelectable. That's what it's uh, done yeah, because yeah. of its viciousness. That's the same and- same in America.
0: I mean, right. like the, the, the only the only person or the only um, the only figurehead, I guess, of that kind of you know very progressive uh, school of thought would be someone like Bernie Sanders, and right. and sure. even Bernie is is and i i like a lot of his a lot of his policies unfortunately he's yeah. so unelectable because americans just see him he's a socialist to to americans which he's not he's not he doesn't believe in socialism but he's uh you know he's uh he they think he's a, a communist they think he's uh you know a socialist he's certainly, a communist. he's
1: certainly the more socialistic of the candidates he's certainly more to the left than the other candidates and he's um but he even he has dabbled in the woke stuff and you know and when elizabeth warren talks about how she, she, she's going to get a nine-year-old tran- transgender child to veto her secretary of education. Um, the voters look at that and think, "Yeah, I can't afford to feed my family. Why are you talking about that? What's going? On? You know, th- sure, these kind of sure. th- 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 the mismanaged priorities that alienate voters." Uh, now, is, is this the
0: oh. is this just the political parties that are responsible for this? Do you think, or is it is it more um, well directly due to the to social media and media and news outlets? pushing certain facets of what it is to be left and what it is to be right. Because it's more so, interesting I, to watch two people warring than it is two people having a reasonably balanced a, discussion.
1: That's a very good point. But that's always been the case. I mean, politics has always been about conflict to a degree. What I think this is... uh I mean, if you look at like Nye Bevin, um, he didn't he described the Conservatives as worse than vermin back in the day, you know. So this is something that has always been there. And, it, and there has always been this ad hominem approach to politics, which has never been effective, by the way. Um... But something's happened since around 2012, 2013, and it's, it's what it is, is the culture war becoming mainstream. Like, there's always a culture war going on, sure. like in new There's always that, it's always on the fringes. What's happened over the past sort of eight, seven or eight years is the culture war has sort of been relocated, become mainstream, so that now it wins and loses elections. It's at the heart of everything. And that's why I don't want to have to be talking about all this stuff, it really bores me. Um, but, it, but it's become so important, No, it's become so important because, uh, it's infected politics to such a degree. So the the better, best example is the Labour Party, uh, who you know since um, Jeremy Corbyn uh, decided to stand down, uh, he will eventually, by the way, in about two days' time. Um, you know, you've had things like the uh, Dawn Butler, an MP, talking about how you are not born with a biological sex. You know, you've had uh, you've had um, candidates for the leadership talking about how they might consider rejoining the EU, completely undermining the democratic vote that took place. You know, uh, you, you, Jeremy Corbyn even started announcing his pronouns during his uh, his last election. You know, but they did all this stuff that alienates people that no one cares about. Well, they you know? think and, it's they
0: think it's speaking to their own demographic.
1: Well, <laughs> sort of. Ooh, excuse me, sorry. Because, because Labour has become so uh, <clears throat> obsessed with its middle class uh, party membership base, and it forgot about its uh, its um, working class working class base. Basically, yeah. So there is a, there is a, so that's what I mean. Is that I think it's to do with uh it's more to do with the idea of the culture war seeping in, and what i'd like to see is that to be done i'd like to see the culture war which will always be going on in one form or another i'd like to see it pushed back to the margins so it's just the people on the left the extremes of the left and right screaming at each other on Twitter, and we can just ignore them get back to ignoring them but we can't do that when the mainstream parties and candidates and politicians are deeply invested in it we can't do it when hr departments around the country are are um, bullying their staff in terms of what they can and cannot say we can't do it when the police are investigating and arresting people for what they say uh, all of this stuff it means that it does have a major impact on our on our life and it shouldn't it should the culture war should be on the periphery how do and you that, feel about
0: that, american uh, huh? american society and politics because a lot of what you seem to be talking about is is look people should have their their god or not god given right whatever depending on your your religious beliefs but their their right to free speech and to be able to express themselves without fear of being like you say arrested or demonized or categorized as one thing if they just have a a thought about something in the culture war do do you see that i mean america has always been a huge proponent of being american is freedom to uh, you know freedom of speech freedom of speech that's what sets america apart from every other country in the world we've always supported that which doesn't seem to be something that exists anymore in this country but do you do oh, really? you like the american model uh, well i mean people are doing <laughs> it but it doesn't seem to make a difference in terms of the the vitrio i mean people lose their jobs over things they say they they lose their livelihoods sure. and and i'm saying on both sides of the camp there you know uh, you've that's because
1: of the that's because of the cancel culture uh, yeah. so it's, it's, it's a kind of Uh, Mob pressure. I mean, obviously, in any capitalist society, any any company is going to respond to negative public pressure if they feel they're going to lose money. So that's why cancel culture works. Um, But you do. So that's the negative side. But on the plus side, you do have the First Amendment. Uh, And we have absolutely, you know, we've got an unwritten constitution. We don't have anything like that here. So you do have that protection. That said, there are now rumblings in America. There There are groups in America who have openly advocated for the idea of the First Amendment to be amended you know, so to not include what they call hate speech, which is basically defined by who's ever, who's, whoever is in power at the time. Sure. So it's a, so that is, a real, that is a real problem. Someone mentioned to me recently about how the ACLU, pro, you know, even they have sort of changed. They used to be diehard, we'll support anyone's right to say absolutely anything, you know, and and uh, there's a sense in which that even that, the cracks are sort of appearing in that. So that, yeah, I think it is a worry, but I do think the American system, as far as the First Amendment, is a better system than what we've got because for instance in, in, in america people aren't going to be arrested for jokes or or indeed offensive comments they say online in in our country that happens all the time so you know i mean we, we people are investigated for non crime here you know so you know past 5 years there have been 120,000 investigations by the police for non crime hate incidents right that isn't that isn't something that would happen in america
0: no you're right you're right no so that <sighs> so, but there are downsides to america as well Oh, I mean, there's plenty of those. Trust me. It's, it's very like, interesting because po- I mean, like oh, you've got health insurance, that's not good. But, no, know. absolutely. Yeah, especially not right now. I um, Yeah, I mean, I, I'm so I feel so out of touch with uh, um, British politics. I, I, I've done I've done uh, barely any keeping up with it beyond, um, you know, beyond the the Brexit votes and, and you know, all the lead up to that. Yeah. But, uh, um, but beyond that, I don't really know what the state of the UK is in. Well, I these reckon. Days.
1: I reckon the coronavirus will make a big difference to things. I mean, my my, my hope is that it will put an end to the culture war stuff, as in, it, 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 because when you've got each side squabbling about identity stuff to do with identity politics, which most people don't really care about, um, this kind of thing, where you have an actual global crisis, it kind of refocuses things a little bit, puts right. things into perspective. That would be the hope, and yet and yet i've seen so much stuff online now that they're really fighting back they're really doubling down they're talking about diversity in donald trump's coronavirus task force they're talking about um criticizing the health service for claiming that trans operations are non-essential mm-hmm. which they don't mean not important they mean not life-threatening during a time of a pandemic you know and you know how how uh coronavirus um, operates as whiteness and all sorts of how it's a gendered crisis there was the australian senator said it's a gendered crisis that disproportionately affects women even though most of the uh, the fatalities are male um so there are people weaponizing the coronavirus for identitarian reasons so it's still happening right but i want to think that it all put an end to it 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 may be way i don't know if you've noticed this as well like i've seen the viciousness level has escalated like it's most most of us would not dream of going online finding someone we disagree with and saying you're a fucking nasty ugly fucking we just wouldn't it wouldn't occur to us no those people on the so-called compassionate left who do that uh who completely dehumanize people and yet think they're the good guys i've noticed an escalation in their vitriol over since the coronavirus started and i wonder it's just a theory but i wonder these
0: like um are you talking about kind of celebrity figures or popular political figures or Yes, some celebrity okay. figures. Public, and some public figures, public figures. Public figures,
1: and, yeah. activists, but also the ones with the kind of, you know, the pronouns in their bio, which is meant to signal to the world what good people they are. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. nine times out of 10, they're the most nasty online. Um, not all, I should emphasise that. So no, no, no sure, all, sure, the, sure. But the majority. So I've noticed this, and I, I wonder whether it's because they're sensing that their movement is over. As in, as they're sensing... That no one's going to, no one cares about you bleating uh, about, you know, uh, LGBTQIA plus issues, whether there should be an extra Q in there, an extra, like, no, no one cares whether there should be extra stripes. Right now they're more worried about whether or
0: not grandma's going to fucking make it through the summer. Right,
1: exactly, exactly. If you take the example of the gay rainbow flag, you know, when Philadelphia Pride in 2017 added a black and brown stripe to the rainbow gay flag. And they did that because they said it wasn't sufficiently racially inclusive. As though, as though the rainbow flag was meant to be representative a literal representation of the skin colours that are acceptable in the gay community, yeah, yeah. right? So
0: well, people, to be fair, there are a lot of gay people in the purple community. There are.
1: There are a lot of purple gay people, a lot of bright red gay people. But the, the, that's the thing about that stuff, is that most, 99% of us look at that and think, what a bunch of tosses. Most yeah. of us don't give a shit about that. And, and, you know, it's a tiny fraction. But the problem is those people who care about that stuff, they are in all those HR departments I mentioned. They're in the government. They're in the law. They're in the education. They run the university.
0: They're in. They're in popular media. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge so. amount of those people in in in, in entertainment. But, I, I don't know if you're aware of um, uh, an, an American comedian. I, I use this guy as a reference point quite a bit. But um, Andrew Schultz. I don't know if you know Andrew Schultz, a stand-up comedian who
1: I, I've heard the name, but I'm not familiar with his work.
0: No worries. He's uh, he's got a couple of podcasts, the Brilliant Idiots podcast and Flagrant podcast, and and he's now Uh, He he basically, he's a great example of someone who makes jokes that are certainly, certainly wouldn't be considered politically correct. He's not uh, hateful or demonizing of any particular group. His fan base is full of people of all different, uh, all different types, you know, uh, sexuality, racially, uh, you know, culturally, uh, gender, there's men, there's women, there's gay, there's straight, there's black, there's white, there's everyone in his audience. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: But he makes, he will, he will shit on anyone for the sake of a good joke. He will make jokes about everyone and every every facet of every every person's um, yeah, yeah. existence. He made a... He had a, quite, a, quite a big success as a stand-up live. Um, was on a couple of failed pilots, you know, for TV shows. Uh, was on a show called Guy Code on MTV that was successful. That's what got him a fan base. And then he made a special, shot it. I, I'm assuming with money he made from his various failed pilots. And then... Tried to sell it everywhere. No one wanted it. They were like, "This does not match." Effectively, they just went, "Look, this is not fucking PC, woke, progressive, liberal, right. left, or enough for any of our well, that, networks." That, that's and- why. It,
1: that, that's why it matters, isn't
0: it? Well, exactly, absolutely. And 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 outside of that, this man is not uh, a hateful, right wing, abhorrent, racist. He's right. anything but that. But because his jokes make fun. Of uh, of sexuality or of racial differences or of yeah. cultural differences or of gender stereotypes, not in a hateful, demeaning, nasty "I fucking hate you, black people," or "I hate you, women" kind of way, but more in like, I mean, listen, women whinge about this shit, and like, yeah, I get it, guys are fucking dicks and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And some of you are bitches. Like, like, just I, I, I'm, I'm obviously diluting very much the premise of any of these <laughs> jokes. Although what you did just there was pretty funny. That was, but you know that what I mean? It's good. just that idea of just going, like, hey, look, and vice versa. And yeah, yeah. dicks sometimes, guys. Jokes, in other words. Guys, jokes. yeah, on. jokes. Like, hey, dudes, you got to wash your dick. It smells. Like, we know this about men. Like just So because of that, they didn't want to put it on any network. So he released it in segments on YouTube and he got millions of views. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he has built an entire network now off the back of that. And well, has that's it wildly successful podcasts have been on joe rogan a number of times he's in with all those guys now he's very desired by everyone well,
1: because art- artists can circumvent uh the old gatekeepers now that's the thing so um but i reckon that will change you know because within the arts as you say like it's, it's massively taken over the arts and 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 uh, tv commissioners and that kind of thing but mm-hmm. you know the new generation that's coming up the youngest people they're sick of it all so Uh, something might shift eventually probably will and and maybe so
0: is it millennials is it people i'm assuming we're roughly the same age i'm 36 so So, no i'm
1: older than you so i'm 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 41 so i'm just into i'm i'm just into generation x
0: and you're you're a millennial and um is it is it our fault know. is it millennials fault is it are we the people no. that are currently making those decisions that are because
1: yeah, it's always been it's always been a, a minority of any generation i think most most of the, the real kind of sensorial stuff i've seen has come from my generation um and most academics are more in my kind of uh, generation but so when we talk about millennials and that's that it doesn't make any sense because millennials are all millennials are pretty old now and, Like like when you talk about generation whoa whoa C, whoa
0: easy andrew easy. Well, Come on! <laughs> yeah. We've got a about, playing you know, age of twenty-eight. All right. That's, <laughs> in America,
1: generation Generation Z, what we would say, Generation Z in America, like the, the, and they're the ones who are reacting uh, vocally, very vocally against uh, against the, this kind of um, this kind of uh, Overt leftist identity,
0: wokeness I mean. or oh, yeah. wokeness or whatever.
1: Yeah. So, so I think you know, it's it's always going to die a natural death anyway because it never has the majority support. Right. Uh, it's just surviving at the moment because the people in power are capitulating to it. And if you know, maybe I mean, this is like I say. My hope is that faced with actual problems like the coronavirus, it will, it will, it will. People will stop capitulating. It was never, it was never the problem of people complaining. It was the capitulation that was the problem. You know, it's like when, when, when the univ- what was it Evergreen University when all the the students rounded a, on a professor and bullied him and sh- and shouted at him and all the rest of it. What the university authorities should have said is, okay, if you did that, you have to leave. You can't be a part of this university. You know, you're, you're, that's not acceptable behavior. But they didn't. They capitulated to that behavior. Mm-hmm. So it's, but that might stop now, and 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 people might have might start to understand what actual hardship means. What, what you know, because they throw that word oppression around an awful lot, but very few of us are oppressed in any meaningful sense. Absolutely, uh, there, is, there is prejudice. And there is discrimination, and there is homophobia, and racism, and sexism, and no one is denying that. No one is denying that, and no one is suggesting that's a good thing either. Well, some are, but they're dicks on the fringes. Well, actually, Most- I'm going I'm to
0: play devil's advocate one second. Go for a it. small number of people are denying that, especially in America. This is you are know, they? I, I, I've, yeah, I mean, I, I, I started dating um you know a, a woman of color about just over a year ago, and it's really since I've started to be in a relationship in this country with a woman of color. You know, I've dated black girls in England, but Yes. I've really started to see how in America there are people who walk around just going in this country say racism doesn't exist. That's all made up, but it's because of that, a lack of education. They 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 yeah, are I mean, so is, poorly probably, educated.
1: It's palpably absurd, for one thing. I know, um, I
0: know, I know, I know. particularly
1: in America <laughs>
0: with, with, with based on the history of America. But it, that's the point. You know? They're not taught their own history. Their okay, own history okay. is denied to them, so they're uneducated and they're they're probably living in. That isn't. That's a distinction. I don't think there's.
1: I couldn't think of anyone in the UK who is saying racism doesn't exist. Yeah. I couldn't think of anyone. No, no one that you would take seriously. Sure, you know, like sure, the, sure, sure. The, the, the neo-Nazis in their basement are, are, you know... I mean, actually, normally, even they don't say racism doesn't exist. They proudly declare themselves to be racist. So, I mean, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. It, it, I don't think that's so much of a problem here. But what I would say is that um, in trying to detect racism where it doesn't exist in order to advance an agenda, right. that... Uh, it in itself, creates a more racist society. So that's why things such as unconscious bias and and the idea that if you're if you're if you're uh, studied in critical race theory, you you can detect the power structures that that uh, is, uh, shape and dominate society. All of that sort of stuff is uh is bound to generate resentment and divide us all up and segregate us further. So that stuff is bad. Um, you know, the standard liberal approach to this stuff is tackle racism when it exists. No, not where you imagine it to be, right? And that's something that I think we we could do a lot more of. Yeah.
0: Has it has 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 the the current state of overt wokeness and uh, this capitulation that you you know you re- reference uh, quite a few times? Yeah. Has this affected your your work, your business? Because, like you say, as soon as people found out titanium McGrath was a was a white man, you know, and and I like yeah. how they you know they already decided your your sexuality for you and and you know yeah of- but you notice
1: they don't use that anymore like I, they just oh straight white male and then they discover I'm not straight up oh, white male you know they, and they pretend yeah. they never said the favorite, um
0: yeah
1: because it doesn't fit into the narrative they wanted to play surely um, now you
0: join the ranks of someone like Milo Yiannopoulos right because because now you're, you're 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 not straight but you're still white and you're still male and you're still desperately privileged and I mean what what does that I I I've never seen myself as uh I mean
1: I just say what I think about stuff yeah, and that's yeah. it and you know I think people will put put their own um put their own spin on it. Um, no, I'm just saying
0: that's how that's that's what happens. I got asked to do Milo's show recently and and I actually turned yeah. it down because that's one association that I don't necessarily I don't think I could ever appear on something that he does and right, convince yeah. him of any of my uh left leaning. Ideologies. I don't. I don't think he's has any desire to explore those. No, but,
1: but by his own admission, he's a provocateur and narcissist. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. Is, and is, so his priority isn't sitting down and having a sensible conversation that you can you can get anywhere. No, with. of you, know, it's... You, you, you choose who you talk to. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. you no. Know, I mean, I I I I would happily talk to anyone who I think would be interesting to talk to.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. um So yeah, I. I just, I, know, I just I'm think not... as soon as people find out that you're not a straight man, it's, it's very easy to go, okay, well, sure, you, you might be gay, but then you're, you're still this, you're still that, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah, this yeah, yeah. application of, uh, of certain labels because of the right, comedy exactly. you create,
1: right, exactly, exactly. Whereas if they looked um, at
0: any of your other work prior to that, for instance, the Jonathan Pye, um, you know, a body of work, they go, yeah, oh, man, a this is so at such odds and such a, the opposite side of, uh, yeah, of it's, politics. It's, it...
1: It's sort of inconvenient, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, like I say, people have their prejudices and, and they, they enjoy their prejudices and they don't like to see them sh- shaken or challenged. So,
0: Is there anything yeah. you hate about the creation of Titania? Is there anything you, you go, all right, well, I wish I could have done that differently from its inception or I now just I hate I, I, this element of the job? Because it is also a job. You know, It is also a creative job that you're undertaking there.
1: Uh, I, I think I would have liked not to have been exposed, uh, if at all possible. So I was, I didn't out myself. I was outed, um, in more ways than one. It sounds like, yeah, exactly. Uh, there was something fun about doing a character where people didn't know who, who was behind it. That was, there was something quite, uh, interesting about it.
0: How did that come Uh, out actually? Who, um, who, who spilled the beans? It was a combination. Well, so, um, firstly, there's a, a journalist
1: called Rosamund Irwin who works for the, um, I'm going to get this wrong on I? I think she works for the Sunday times and she wrote a, she'd done an investigation. She'd read a lot of my political articles and she'd read an advanced copy of the book by Titania McGrath and she worked out that there were some quotations that were similar or that, that crossed over. Right. I was using the identical sources, not much, but just a few times. And that's, so she'd gone through all this. She'd phoned friends of mine, to try and ask, yeah, honestly, she'd really gone to town, like proper investigative journalism, it was really good. And then she, she emailed she me saying- she had pronouns
0: you, in, her, in her Twitter description out of interest?
1: I actually don't know. Um, I, I don't know what, where her politics comes from, actually. I haven't really yeah. looked into that. But, but um, either way, whatever whatever her politics are, it's a pretty decent job that she did. And then she speculated, she wrote an article saying she thought it was either me or someone else uh, uh, called Lisa Graves, who is a friend of mine, who's also a, a, a writer and comedian uh, or satir- satirical writer. And um, but then Chortle, you, you know, Chortle is the UK comedy industry website run by Steve Bennett. And he somehow found a, uh, a, a sort of the smoking gun. He found a a, a book fair, a catalogue from a book fair in Frankfurt, where someone from my publisher had inadvertently put my name next to the book. Uh, so it was a mistake in-house in the publishing house. And he found it. And I don't know how he found it, but he found the smoking gun. So Rosamund Irwin had sort of done all the the groundwork. And, and done a really great job and then investigative the, the,
0: journalism
1: yeah and then and then Chortle had found the you know a, absolute incontrovertible evidence and by that <sighs> point fucking to... Chortle man honestly so I, well I admitted it at that point because the also the book was coming out that week so the whole thing looked really orchestrated it looked like I completely planned this uh, because suddenly there was a lot suddenly the story was that it was me who was her and then there were lots of tv appearances and radio appearances and all that sort of stuff so it looked like i deliberately engineered this in this way i am not that smart to do that i'm not that publicity savvy it just happened like that which is great
0: i'm not sure if i believe that however (laughs) i do believe you have that business acumen i do believe you are smart enough to have have come up with that concept but i I also i believe you if you say you didn't orchestrate that way i honestly don't have very good business sense
1: I also I, think I, you know.
0: I, look, it's like God, the God, the Twitter account for God. You know, I'm yeah. still not. Um, I'm still, I maybe it has been outed. Who actually runs that? But I, 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 don't know I, who I don't know who does it, and they've kept that very secretive. And I actually think, like you say, there's something wonderful about complete anonymity. And yeah, know, it's good, you know, isn't it? Yeah. I like it. How do you? It's how do you? Fun. How do you build? Um, I think this is more from a, a technical business acumen side of things. How did you? How do you build? An account like that, when you are keeping it completely anonymous, you're not saying, "Hey guys, go and check out this funny thing that I'm doing right now over on this other account." Yeah. Blah blah. blah. How do you build that up? Since because I was tweeting at celebrities or no, no, because
1: I I, I I I wasn't trying to make it popular. I I was literally just doing it for myself to 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 ridicule. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna satirize. Uh, this kind of person who goes online and go, spends his whole life on Twitter um, stirring up stuff in the culture wars and and, mm-hmm. and 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 interpreting everyone in the worst possible way and being really intolerant but calling themselves compassionate and sure. judging yes. everyone. The way to satirise that is through Twitter. Twitter isn't a natural home for me. It's not something that I'm, I would naturally gravitate towards. But with her, uh, it had to be through the forum that they use. So I, I, I was doing it... Uh, for myself, for my own entertainment, for my own satisfaction, I wasn't trying to build followers. It happened without, just by accident. As in, as in, I was obviously producing something that people wanted to read. So I always think this is the best thing to do, like in terms of comedy, in terms of any artistic endeavour, is do whatever you want to do. And uh, any kind of commercial success that comes about is always going to be a, an element of talent and ability, but largely it's going to be luck in and, and terms of the timing of what you do. Um, but trying to anticipate the zeitgeist and build up success, I don't think generally works because we always get that we always get that wrong. So um,
0: I agree with you that I think if you if you try and craft it too too perfectly, then, um, yeah, it tends to fall by the wayside. It needs to come from a place of, you know, almost uh, not flipping, yeah. but a, a very uh, an almost a calmer, more more human approach. If for want of a right. better phrase, even though you just
1: do, yeah, I did it because I wanted to do it and because I, I found it it was entertaining with me and it was it was a it was a way to express my dissatisfaction with that particular movement. Now would you um, say
0: she's actually been though it's been a, a good even though it wasn't necessarily intended as as that in the in the uh, in its inception, has Titani McGrath been a, a a boon to your career or has she been uh, a nightmare to deal uh, with? <laughs> Uh, there are pros and cons, aren't there? I mean, um, I, I don't know what i you know,
1: because obviously she's not the only thing that I write and she's not the only uh, avenue that I have in terms of the stuff I produce. Um, but certainly uh, because I was offered a book deal, uh, two two book deals, I've just finished a second book. Um, Congratulations. And, and, oh, thank you. And then the tour and stuff like that. So, so then it does become a source of income as well. But of course, I'm a writer. I'm a comic and writer, so that, that, that makes sense. Well, you have an um, actress
0: now playing the character to Tatiana. Yeah, again, yeah, exactly. which so, I, Were the, you going to preview that at Edinburgh this year? So we did it in Edinburgh last year. Sorry, and then, I got my and timelines. The, the tour was meant to start next
1: month, so that's not going to happen now. So Amen. we're actually postponing it probably till next year, to be honest. Um, wow. Then everything's calmed down, which means I'll, I'll almost certainly just write a new show. Um, but I think... Um, if the character's still up and running, I mean, I, 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 think it's it. She'll have to develop, but I think that is a form of development, isn't it? Like to, making her alive is is a way to to make, keep
0: it more interesting to me. Like I, I don't want to just keep it on Twitter. I mean, look um, at someone. and I know this is very a very different kind of character, but something like Keith Lemon, you know, um, yeah. Lee Francis, Keith, Lem- Keith Lemon as a character. I know most of my American viewers who are tuned in now won't have won't have ever heard of Keith Lemon, but he's a very successful TV host character. Um, mm back in the uh, back in the uk who is uh created by an actor comedy actor called lee francis but that is really he started that as just a way to meet celebrities he's like i love celebrities i love celebrity culture i want to be friends with famous people why and i'm kind of a fucking crazy super fan of all these people let me make that a character so i can do these things that i want to do like
1: Sure. Sniff so that-
0: Kylie's panties and then just go. Hey, it's me, Lee Fry, Keith Lemon. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, you know, that's, and part, then- that's the point, isn't it? That you,
1: you end up just do what you want to do, and then sometimes something hits. But he's become. Sometimes
0: he's now become that character has become something where he now is a celebrity. He now is able to make right. those people want to know him. And I wonder if, in a very different way, because his is obviously very light, fluffy pop entertainment, whereas. Yeah, yeah even though yours is intended as to be light and to be ridiculed and, and it's mocking the, you know, overt woke culture, uh, virtue, singing, et etc., She could almost become an orator for, yeah. for that movement, almost realizing some things about herself. There could be a really interesting, a really interesting yeah, we'll what, story. We'll see
1: what happens. I mean, I'm looking into, uh, developing her further for a, a something else, either a radio, TV, film, a
0: feature film, dude.
1: That would be interesting, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah something like that might be quite good um How, yeah depending, I think,
0: depend, i'm sure you're the actress you've selected for the for the show is incredible so yeah, she is. you know she could do you could almost go a little a little um a little uh what's it called sasha baron cohen maybe even take the character almost like as a Borat character but take her over to the us or she you know I yeah see it's, a wonderful
1: it's been mooted that idea has been mooted you know so there's all sorts of ways that you can do it so yeah i think overall there's loads of positives that come from having a character that resonates with people and 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 enables you. Know, you know what it's like. We our work is freelance. We do we you know we 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 create stuff and and some stuff makes us money and a lot of it doesn't. I mean a lot of the stuff I write doesn't make me any money at all. So um and, and but this helps to support the other stuff financially. You know so you uh so it's it's all good. So there's a lot of pros. The downside is the cons are because of what what I'm satirizing uh, and because I do write about politics and culture generally. Uh, it means that I've found myself in the midst of this kind of uh, culture war that I don't really want to be a part of. But so that so there's that. That's the sort of downside of it. Is um, there a lot of that-
0: vitriol? Do you, do you get sent nasty messages regularly, or do you get any any kind of uh, you know uh, threats or anything of that nature? Um, yes, I do, um, and th- that is sort of part
1: of the deal, isn't it? I suppose if you put yourself out there and, and people perceive what I'm saying is to be contentious, I've, I've, I don't think it is but people obviously perceive that it is. So, so uh, they're going to react badly like that. Uh, and again, that's, but I'm still making the choice to do it. So, you know what you're going to do. <laughs> I mean, keep making jokes, hopefully. Right. Exactly. I mean, Twitter, Twitter sort of becomes unmanageable after a certain point when you've got a certain number of followers, it becomes unmanageable unless you, unless you start ignoring mute, just mute and block all the people who are going to send you vitriol. Cause it's just not going to, it's not going to get anywhere. Um, but, you know, and I'm not interested in that. Like, I I care very deeply about politics and about cultural issues. And I want to talk to people who have different ideas about the world. But I'm not going to sit there and talk to you if you're just screaming insults at me. Mm -hmm. Because that's what children do. It's what teenagers do when they're having a tantrum. So what's the point?
0: That's why when you see these videos like that one you mentioned of, you know, students on campus just screaming at people or going and kicking down. Don't get me wrong. I don't necessarily want to see a Trump 2020 uh rally march or I don't want to see a guy standing on street corner telling me that you know that uh, god is the only savior and you know if you're a homosexual or if you're or if you're you know an artist you're going to hell whatever the fuck it might yeah. be I don't want to see those people but I also can make the decision just to go yeah those opinions are fucking crazy and I'm going right. to choose to just ignore it and move on with my day and keep bringing good opinions into the world.
1: Yeah, wouldn't it, it'd be great if we lived in a world where there weren't people standing on street corners shouting about how all homosexuals are evil, uh, but they, they, can, they should be allowed to if they want, and I can move on and ignore that, and that's fine. I, although when I was a kid, I used to find them fascinating. I used to sort of
0: hang around and listen to what they, they had to say. I always knew it was ridiculous, but uh, I, I found them very entertaining. Was it, um, was it harder coming out as a gay man or coming out as Titania McGrath? uh well it's so n- <laughs> I don't think it's comparable is it I I, I mean probably I, not but it's still a fun question <laughs> I just, right, I, well I wonder, what what was had what's had more of a of a of an overt impact on your life really? I mean oh, look
1: it's the thing is it's also my generation it's sort of generation x like you know there were no out gay people at school when I was at school anywhere in the country they just, that, that just didn't happen. And uh, you're, we live in a culture now where, where young people are very open uh, about being gay if they're gay. And, you know, so there's, so it's a totally different world in that school, you know. But I remember when I was uh, sort of early twenties and I would tell people about how it's a no brainer to me that we should have gay marriage. I, there was, I never found anyone who thought that that was a, people laughed at that. People thought that was ridiculous. But now you're seen as, an, as a reactionary monster if you don't think that it's a very quick change. Everything's changed uh, uh, really, really quickly. And also coming from a, a Catholic background and and, and uh, not being very happy about being gay and uh, trying to resist it for a long time. I would say that that's a more important, uh, you know, because I don't identify through sexuality. I don't understand why you would. I consider it like being right-handed or being five foot 10 or being blue-eyed or something, just being gay. It's like it's just something, an aspect of my character that I can't change, but I don't identify as it. it's not important to me as an identity. Right. Um, it's, it's just something I can't, I have no control over. Uh, and it is, is incidental and boring even. Um, but, but, but uh, coming from the time when I grew up, it actually it, it was a big deal. People were routinely being attacked and you know, it, so it was a, a totally different culture. Um, so yeah, that's more impactful than, Oh yeah, I wrote this fake Twitter account. I think that's more of a more uh, important.
0: What about your um your family and friends? Are they are they are they worried for you for creating this character? Do they? Because I I always well, wonder when just, someone creates something that causes such a divisive response yeah. in an audience.
1: Just because people, just because friends and family of mine see the weirdly psychotic responses that she elicits every now and then, but what you've got to remember is those people are firstly they'd never say it to my face on the whole mm-hmm. um they're hiding behind their keyboard and secondly um normally their such... picture
0: is an anime it's normally an anime picture yeah, it's normally an anime, an anime thing yeah, yeah.
1: um but also they're such a small minority of people they're not representative of the population most people are decent most people are just nice to be honest the vast majority of people are just nice boring bland people and that's great um let's be honest about that like the, the people who scream at each other online I and mean, we it amplifies it doesn't it like you go on t- if you're on twitter for a couple of days and you look at the the, the if I took the, the vitriol I get literally, I'd, I would assume that we live in a world that is populated by utter sociopaths and monsters. But, but we don't. They're, they're there, but they're on the fringes. It's just now they've got direct access to you. Whereas before, they I wonder whether
0: social media yeah. is creating that. It, whether it's creating more so. Yeah. I mean, look, my, uh, my, uh, we got a, a question here from one of the chat is saying, um, Jordan is saying, is there a room for a, would there be room do you think for a no holds barred social media platform to emerge? No terms of service. Is that even possible in today's society? And if so, how long would it take for ISIS or the KKK to start recruiting on it? You know, is there um, a place to put all the crazy in one, in one social media platform or would that well, immediately get shut down by some kind of government agency? but the problem is, I mean,
1: if you're talking about criminal material, like ISIS videos and, 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 and pedophilia and stuff like that, you, you don't that. I, you don't want that on the internet. I, I guess I, we're like talking
0: I, overt free speech, a platform where, you know, where, uh, your, your, your overtly yeah. left wing, uh, Antifa member can go, you know what fucking conservatives are a bunch of this. Yes. this. Put all the hate speech in one platform and then we can kind of the, go, great. That's for that.
1: The speech <laughs> is different. Speech is different. You know, I, I, I couldn't possibly sanction criminal acts going online. I think, uh, Speech, yeah, people should be able to say exactly what they want. But the trouble is, in the ideal world, like say Twitter wouldn't have such stringent terms of service. It would say that's the point of the block button is that people should be able to say whatever they want, and if you don't like it, just block them, get, and that's it, and that's fine. And they've still got their freedom of speech; they're still saying what they what they want to say. And but you know, never have to hear or see it. Well, people make this mistake all the time. If you, if you block someone on Twitter, you're not damaging their freedom of speech. I mean, that's like saying that I'm 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 depriving Dan Brown of his freedom of speech by not reading his novels. Yeah, you know you're free to go up and, part of freedom of speech is the freedom not to have to listen to what idiots have, have to
0: say well it's so, interesting you say that because actually dan brown has written a question why doesn't andrew read any of my novels he asks
1: actually i have read angels and demons and i have read the da vinci code So back off bitch you know what okay. i'm saying like right, i've done right. that cool. i've done it and he i says didn't so, he like says them. sorry
0: he says sorry in the chat right yeah <laughs> but i didn't like them and That's I'm <laughs> on. I he said gonna he saw your yelp review how fucking dare
1: you <laughs> <laughs> um oh god he's so expositional anyway um so look so ideally like you like when you have these sort of arbitrary terms of service that the the internet providers have sure. it means that it ends up becoming politicized invariably you know i mean as you know in silicon valley It's dominated by people who have this woke mindset. This is another reason why it's so important. You know, they hire thousands of people to monitor content, and those people have a particular political agenda. They don't even get the job if they don't share that political worldview. There are questions they ask to ensure that you have that political agenda. So so invariably, it's going to impact on conservatives more than people on the left, and it does, and and we know the evidence is in on that. The whole shadow banning thing disproportionately affected people on the right. So what you need to do, get rid I, of got, all of I
0: got hit with the shadow ban as well right there we go there we go i mean even just, though just, i'm fucking liberal left like what the fuck right. was that how yeah, dare don't, you don't you know what camp i'm part of they don't know what left and right
1: really means anymore so no, if, there you go. that's what you need you need you know the block button guarantees free speech right because because you should be able to have a platform where anyone can say anything they want and people are not obliged to listen that's how it should work um And so I think that should happen. If, like, what your questioner was talking about was was something like Gab. The idea of Gab was to set up a site where anyone could say absolutely anything they wanted. But then the mainstream media sort of uh, made this idea, sort of colluded to create the impression that Gab was this neo-Nazi site because the the, the dodgy characters did migrate over there. Sure. Um, uh, But that also put people, like, normal people off going over there as well. Um, So then it does become polarised. And, you know, I would love to see... Uh, some kind of bill of rights or something, which means that these um, these these Silicon Valley uh, tech giants uh, have a freedom of speech responsibility. Have some kind of, you know, uh, you can't claim to be a platform, uh, and yet whenever you're sued for what appears on your platform, say, well, no, I, we, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not publishers. That's that's always their defence. We're not publishers, but if you are curating the material as they do, you are a publisher. Yeah. So you can't have it both ways. So I think there's a that's real a very sort good of...
0: point. Yeah, either either you allow people to say what they like, and then you can say, "Well, listen, we absolutely have no uh, editing power over people's thoughts or feelings yeah. or statements." Yeah, that's a that's a very exactly. good point. So
1: that's, that's that's that that would be my point. I'd like to see, uh, yeah, I'd like to see them embrace freedom of speech properly. Uh, trust that people aren't these sort of drones that just get influenced by fake news and and Russian bots and things like that. And um and trust people to create their own platforms and decide who and what they want to talk and listen to and talk about.
0: You know? Got another quick question here, um asking what the thoughts on Paul Singer, who's a billionaire Republican, trying to uh or buying massive amounts of Twitter stock and attempting to out uh oust Jack Dorsey. I haven't um, I haven't heard of this, so I don't no, know. No, anything. Right. I didn't know about it until just now. But uh, you know, can shifts in ownership in platforms change social media? I mean, absolutely, that's like saying does Murdoch have any say over what appears in his, his various right, exactly, media but publications? That, but that, yeah, absolutely. That's the
1: problem is that who's ever running uh, the corporation, if they, if they impose their own political worldview onto their terms of service, then it's going to be a skewed platform and it's not yeah. going to be full free speech. And that could be to the left or the right. I mean, there's a part the, that you get this, you've got very hyper-partisan uh, news programming in the U S Um, and that's, and it's because of the people who own the, the, uh, the channels. It's that simple. So, uh, I'd like to think that we can, we can, uh, you know, just let everyone speak and have their views and have, you know, have the battle of ideas out, out in public.
0: What um, non-political comedic uh, exploits would you like to explore yourself? Because obviously, you're, I mean, you're, I'm sure you're writing other things than Titania and Jonathan yeah. Pye, and, uh, you know, we've already sort of covered that anyway. So, what areas of the world of humanity interest you beyond politics and, uh, and the, um. Well, based. I mean, a
1: lot, a lot of the stand-up I've done isn't political. I mean, over the the last few shows I've done have been political in basis because we've had things like Brexit. So I wrote a sh- uh, two shows about Brexit, or at least based around that. Um, and I've written a lot about Trump and the Conservatives because they're because they've been in power, you know. So so it's it's good to have a go at those who are in power. Um, uh, but then I've got sections of my stand-up that are about family, uh, although not really my family it's it's sort of like a fictionalized family that i've kind of created okay. or about like you know just things that i've done or or uh, experiences that i've had and those generally are not political so there's there's plenty of stuff i do that's not a uh, politics based the musicals i write aren't generally political um so you know the the plays i write the plays i've written for radio 4 haven't been at all political mm-hmm. or even comedic so i've got sort of various outlets you know i i, I deal with the politics through the satire I do, but also through the, the articles I write for Spike magazine, which is a political magazine. So I, I've i got that outlet. I, I don't need everything to be uh, politics. I would drive myself insane. If I was just doing that.
0: There's always room for a good knob gag. That's what I think.
1: Right. Ex- that's what I was going to say.
0: What yeah. was um, What was a Carlin? I, I mean, to look, bring George... a level. no, I Sorry. mean, well, Hey, listen, it wasn't even me. It was George Carlin. I think he said, um, Carlin, who obviously had a huge amount to say about politics and about, um, you know, uh, culture wars and 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 uh, societal butting of heads you know he always had an opinion often you know slightly askew from everyone else's which was which was wonderful you know or actually very moderate maybe in its outlook but you know like you say mock anyone who's in power mock anyone who's got a loud voice and let's let's pick these these the feelings apart but he said um i think he he, uh, i don't want to fuck up the quote but effectively um you don't have to be clever to laugh at a dick joke, but you have to be a fucking idiot not to, or something right. to that. Yeah, yeah, okay. And it's okay, true. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's always room. Every now and then, we need to just laugh about, you know, the more simpler elements <laughs> yeah, of human existence.
1: Of yeah, of course. So, I mean, that's when I've done stand up in the past. I've, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've got, I've got set pieces that are not political. Uh, although I've been doing less stand up of late, and you know, what with the virus, probably none at all uh, for the foreseeable. Yeah, <laughs> you know?
0: absolutely. At least not until the end of June or so. That's what's happened to my calendar. So. Um, All right. I feel like, well, I mean, we're at the end of our hour, Andrew, unfortunately. Wow. But I actually feel like there's so much more I wish I could have talked to you about. Uh, now that we've got the Titania McGrath out of the way.
1: <laughs> I'm yeah, I know, like, oh,
0: I know. Now I want to get into the other shit. But I know that a lot of the listeners would love, you know, would have, would have hated me if I hadn't discussed your, your latest comedy creation or comedy character you know, so with you. You know, it's because I,
1: people ask me about it a lot. And I did, I did an interview recently and I said to them before, oh, do you mind if we just don't talk about it? We just talk about the things, and and they said, um, yeah, but all these people have bought tickets to hear you. It was a live interview, so all right, these people okay. bought tickets to So to be fair, I don't, I certainly don't begrudge. I don't mind talking about it. Um, but if you want to talk about other things, origami, I mean whatever, then I'm up for that. Anything I, de- I know, I, mean, something I
0: definitely. Well, I'm, I was either going to say we can extend the conversation now, or if you if you haven't got anywhere to be, or if you if you do need to shoot off, which you're looking at your clock, which suggests to me you might need to go to another thing. Oh, well, I two reasons. Because
1: I've got this new Apple Watch that talks to me every now and then, oh. so I was just making sure it's not Probably going to the say. Fuck
0: up, Andrew, that's what it's saying.
1: Um, but I've got it. Really annoys me, actually. Um, and then um, oh, uh, the only thing I was going to do is I was going to Skype my mother, who's in. Uh, she's in Northern Ireland,
0: and I was going to Skype her. I mean, you should definitely do that. What I was going to suggest eight, is why don't, do we, why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't we arrange at some point in the uh, maybe in a couple of months' time? Uh, in, a, yeah, in a few sure. weeks, I'd love to get you on again, and we will talk everything except politics and culture wars so just knobs knob gags knob gags it'll be an hour of knob gags okay with Andrew and Jeff. <laughs> that's what we're gonna call the episode an hour of knob right. gags with Andrew and Jeff no I'd love to know a little bit more about you know about the process of of uh your creative process I'd like to know a little bit more about what shapes you as a man as well um okay. and delve into that a little bit more because I think that would be that'd be very interesting to the listeners you can right. Very, I might, I might, I might ask you questions as
1: well. Can I can I pin you down on something? You're yeah? more
0: than welcome to. Yeah, I, th- I feel like I've lived my existence at least for the last two years um, as a, an incredibly open book. Uh, right. Which sometimes has been to my benefit and my career's benefit and sometimes has been to its detriment.
1: You know, you raise a really important point because I, I felt this as well because around sort of six, seven years ago, I just decided – I'm just going to be honest about what I think. Right. And that's the, this knowing that that could cause problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never been more commonly accused of dishonesty ever since I've just completely been open about what I think. Yeah. So weird. It's yeah. almost, it's almost.
0: Even, it's almost, even in friendships and relationships, even in yeah, friendship, exactly. personal friendships and relationships, people go like, wow, you're, you're very direct and very honest. And I know exactly what you're feeling, but do you have to do that? <laughs> I think there's a
1: weird kind of narcissism that goes on. Um, when people accuse you of dishonesty, what they're really saying is they cannot conceive the possibility that someone would disagree with them. And therefore the only explanation for that must be dishonesty. It's it's actually a manifestation of egoism and, and narcissism. That's it's, also, it's-, it's
0: also a kickback, I think, from what social media is, which sure. is very much people presenting often very... Big concepts that are, everyone can get behind because they know they will, especially celebrities yeah. on those platforms. And then everyone going, Yeah, man, yeah, 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 absolutely. Everyone just agrees. It's this whole thing that everyone's always fucking happy on Instagram. 90 yeah. Guaranteed at this point, precise moment in time with this fucking virus, with everyone quarantined with their loved ones, with people wanting to bury their children in the back garden right now because they're driving them fucking insane. I guarantee everyone is not feeling positive or upbeat or lovely. Oh, hey, you you know,
1: you know, when the the lockdown in China was, uh, was stopped um, the day after they had a record number of people filing for divorce, you know, people are driving each other nuts. Yeah. People are,
0: you know, they're not, we're not used to being uh, confined with our loved ones. Oh, this is the make or break (laughs) for most relationships. Uh, Not just the romantic ones as well. Work relationships, family, familial relationships, strangely yeah, I think, I think, 20 36 years of existing couldn't rebuild the relationship between my father and i reasonably strongly and yet no. corona is the only thing that seems to be healing it we've, we've facetimed nice. every two days I, every two days I, i've been facetiming my dad ridiculous he's been calling me what that's
1: the other that's the other nice thing is that actually people friends and family things like i've found people getting in touch with me who haven't spoken to me for years and yeah. i think largely out of boredom Uh, because they've got very little else to do. But actually, it's been quite, there's quite a positive thing about that, that everyone is sort of connecting and, you know. Absolutely. Well, that's a a way to put a positive spin on it. On another one. Look at that.
0: We wrapped it up in such a lovely, positive way. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me, Andrew Doyle. Um, a very, very talented and clearly very eloquent as well, gentlemen. Uh follow both his accounts. So go to at Andrew Doyle underscore com. Uh that's on Twitter. Andrew Doyle D-O-Y-L-E underscore com is his personal account. So make sure you follow that one. And then also check out Titania McGrath, which is at Titania, as it sounds, T-I-T-A-N-I-A, McGrath M-C-G-R-A-T-H. Make sure you check out both of those accounts. Give them a follow. See what he's up to, and then when he eventually gets back on the road and that show goes back on the road, make sure you go and see it and watch uh, watch this epic takedown of overt wokeness and the, the absolute fallacy that everyone is uh, is as positive as they profess to be, which they're not. Miserable bastards. Go cheer yourselves up, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew, thanks for joining us, man. Is there anything else you would like to plug as well? Obviously the books. I'd love to know more about the uh, – tell me about the books. Uh, well, um, People can purchase the, 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 one of them right now. You can purchase... Uh, well, I said T- Titania wrote a book called Woke, A Guide
1: to Social Justice, um, which you can buy... Uh, I've got it here somewhere, I think. Available I know, on bi- Amazon,
0: I believe, right? That's a biography of Pete Burns. But you can go. buy that as well. It's uh, basically it's really the same good. book. Basically the same book. <laughs> I really like Pete Burns.
1: Um, no, uh, Woke, A Guide to Social Justice is... Um, yeah, you can buy that. And then the new one is a children's book. She's written a book for kids called My First Little Book of Intersectional Activism,
0: which... <laughs> come out i think it's aiming to come out around june okay so you can't get that yet there we go all right so buy the first one check out for the second one and uh andrew door thank you so much for joining me thank you see you next time brother